People that are haven't studied their craft are really nervous. Oh, if I learn my craft, it's going to kill my creativity. When in fact, what it does is it dismantles the myth. It flings the big cement doors open where it's not like having your eyes closed and you grappling, you know, grasping in the dark for something. It's like you got your eyes wide open. You know exactly. You've got a bigger toolbox is what it amounts to. Welcome to Off Key, a member on Labs podcast about music professionals for non-music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. This week on Off Key, I'm chatting with musician, sound designer, composer, and storyteller Sandy Schofield. Sandy has had an incredibly diverse career in the music industry, which included composing the Aboriginal welcoming song for the Vancouver 2010 Olympic opening ceremonies. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to Off Key on your favorite podcast listening platform to help us out. And let's get right into my conversation with Sandy Schofield. That is a place. Um, but thank you so much, Sandy, for coming oh, on. I really appreciate it. I figured I'm coming, I'll be done, and I'm seeing friends later, so I thought I had a little time. I yeah. can do it now. I really appreciate it. And like I said, it's so much nicer and being able to... I can run to... and get some Stella. Nice. I can yeah. stick my head into the Value Village. Oh, I got a little knot here. Oh, no. Anyway, it's, let's... Oh, it's a good day to go to Value Village, yeah. too. They do the turnover on Tuesdays. Do they? I think so. Because the drop-off is Monday. Um, But I guess we can start with just kind of, like, how did you get into music? And, like, what do you do in the music industry? Well, I come from a musical family. My earliest memories are all my my, uh, relatives getting all their instruments out and them sitting me down at a little keyboard and saying, Play! (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the other question? Um, or, and I guess, I mean, what do I, I do? I'm yeah. a musician. I'm right. a performer. I sing traditionally. I also, I have a degree in music. So I'm working on my sixth CD. And so I work as a composer also and an educator too. But I perform as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How's it mm-hmm. going working on the new record? Uh, it's going really well, actually. Yeah. It's going really well. I read when I was just kind of preparing for the interview that I don't know if this is the case because I can only find on like on your website that I had I think four albums but was your most recent in 2007 is that wrong? Um, uh, My traditional women's group recorded one. Mm, Okay I see. So that's number five. Okay awesome. Yeah. And for anyone who is kind of unfamiliar with your music and kind of your style like Mm -hmm. obviously this is kind of a hard thing to answer um how would you describe your sound (laughs) oh my god well um i'm all over the map you know i've been criticized for that but i'm an artist first so i'm not trying to write a hit song or Mm -hmm. trying to fit into the industry's idea of anything really um so genre-wise, I kind of 
like to experiment. Like I write in different genres, right? Mm -hmm. And I sing traditionally, so that's going to be its own little genre. And um, yeah, so I consider I'm a storyteller in song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just for the sake of like clarity in the podcast, um, in case people don't know, that's like traditional Aboriginal music. Traditional Indigenous yeah. singing, yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's really neat, actually. Because I'm from the prairies, right? So yeah. I do Cree round dance and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, I think, that you don't limit yourself to like any specific genre or well I've devoted my life to my craft and gone to school and then get out and play and put a record out and then go back to school and um you know it's always people say oh what are you studying uh welding like what do you think I'm studying I've only ever done music Mm -hmm. right so um yeah that's what that's what I do so you did, you studied, you studied music? Yeah, I have a degree. Okay, I have a degree, cool. yeah. I even did a, a term at the University of Ghana in oh, West really? Africa studying African music. Holy shit, it's hard, let me tell you. What brought you to Ghana? Uh, well, it was I went to SFU in, outside of Vancouver, and they had field schools. So I thought, well, that'd be fun to do, so that's what I did. God, that's cool. Yeah, it's hot friends. there, right, yeah. at the, right at the equator. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends that have done, um, like, semesters in Ghana, or, like, um, I don't think for study, but they've gone there and taught and taught English to Ghana, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they loved it. It's hot, hot, hot. 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 Yeah, hot, I can hot. imagine. And there's no AC anywhere, oh, no. so yeah, you kind of die, right? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And... <laughs> Um, this is like totally sad, but I remember one night in Vietnam, I was like, everyone has air conditioning because the humidity is so bad too. And there was yeah. one night when um, the AC like hadn't been installed in like the room that I was staying in. And it was just like the longest night of my life. Yeah, because you're laying there yeah. sweating. I think I spent the whole night just getting in and out of the shower, just being like, yeah. oh, like rinse, get back, like nope, pot again. Yeah. Um, but working across kind of such... A multitude of genres, I guess, mm. kind of what inspires a lot of your work? Is it just like... Oh, gosh, lots of different things yeah. inspire my work. And that's good you use the word inspire because I'm big on that. I'm always looking for inspiration, either lyrically, musically. Um, I also studied audio production, so I... I, I I have a band. It's the same guys that have been with me for a number of years. So I kind of write the whole song with the interludes or the hooks or the, you know, I don't just bring a little idea and get my guys to work it up to a song. I bring the whole thing forward. So I'm looking for inspiration in the the craft. Someone's written a cool song even though I might not like the lyrics Mm -hmm. or I don't like the production or you know so I just look for inspiration from different things Uh, lyrics lyrically production the actual song itself Mm -hmm. you know person's voice the instrumentation like I just look to get inspired has studying production changed 
the way I mean I don't know like obviously like timelines wise timeline wise when this was but when having studied production does did that change the way that you would approach writing music uh it didn't change the way I approach writing but it certainly shown me in the studio you can you can do lots of stuff you know like I'm talking about editing yeah 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 of course I'm saying like I know I'm just like yeah a little bit but not to yeah <laughs> yeah of course so just for a bit of clarity because it's not something I am like totally solid on and I'm sure a lot of listeners either the producer kind of what is their role I guess in the making of a piece of music okay so the say. producer makes all the creative calls okay like the producer will uh, say no, don't let's give the solo section to this instrument or to that instrument, or no, that wasn't a good take, do another take, or it depends. Like it depends on the producer. It depends what the relationship is with the artist. So obviously I self-produce. Mm -hmm. I co-produced for the first three records and I've produced the last three. Like I, the women's record, we all kind of did it. Mm -hmm. So it was a collaborative effort. But um, the last, boy, I failed at math. Eh? The first two I co-produced and the last three I'm producing. That's correct. <laughs> Something like that. I'm not going to double check. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, a producer, if they're starting off with an emerging artist who really doesn't know anything about music, the producer could even get in there and do some songwriting with the, the artist, right? Mm -hmm. They make all the creative calls anyway. Okay. Yeah, no, that's really cool because I think, I mean, just in, like, doing this podcast, like, I've learned that there's so many more, like, pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. than you know like what you know and I think that especially now when you look when you the way that we consume music because it's so different it's not you have like an album cover and you like look at credits and that's like part of something that you have do you know what I mean it just like goes mm -hmm. through so I think even more so now because when I was younger even looking at like a cd um you would see all the names of like the bandmates and mm -hmm. you would know like who, you know, band mm -hmm. X was, you who, know, where, who, yeah, was, like who yeah. were the, like the components and you kind of miss that with digital, mm -hmm. which is kind of, I mean, you gain a lot more as well, but you know, kind of something that pros and cons, eh? pros and cons, always mm -hmm. those. How has your sound, I guess, like developed with this most recent um, record that you're working on like what's been different I guess how have you grown as an artist since that's hard to have an objective yeah I don't of know. Course. it's hard to be objective about um because in a way this record's like full circle I'm coming back to stuff I not stuff I did before but um same ideas with production, same ideas with, yeah, it's really, that's a hard question for me to be objective about, 
Probably one of my bandmates could say, oh, she this and that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, X, Y, and Z. They're not inside of it, so they probably have a easier time of answering that question, but that one kind of stumps me. Have you been working with the same band, like, for a while now? I have. Yeah. My drummer is Randall Stahl. He toured the world with Katie Lang and Tom Cochran. Oh, wow. My bass player is Brian Minato. He played with Sarah McLaughlin for 20 years. And my guitar player has played with more indie artists like uh, Petunia. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, Ray Kondo, people like that. But, I mean, they're Canadian A-list players. They don't have yeah. to play with me. But I, I think the bottom line is that we really like each other and we get along like stink. Yeah. So. Uh, Collaboration and chemistry is something that's come up a lot with past conversations mm-hmm. I've had mm-hmm. and I think you know kind of regardless of any type of work that you're doing finding the people you want to stay with what works too yeah. so I work with the same guy in the same studio with my players I bring in guests um, but I like to stay with what works mm-hmm. right rather than going off and trying all kinds of different things also, too, like, I think that if, you know, you're doing all of the songwriting, like, you're writing mm-hmm. all of the pieces of the music, it's probably so much better for you and your band that everyone at this point probably knows kind of what the other person is thinking or what the other person, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, correct me if this is wrong, but... Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I've written everything except for two songs. Mm-hmm. Two songs were given to me, and they're really good songs, so I was like, I'm going to do them, mm-hmm. you know? Um but in a way, it's a return to earlier material instrumentation-wise. I would say, like, my stuff on one hand is folky, but then I have a rock and rock song. I have a couple jazz numbers. I have a Cajun piece. There's two traditional indigenous songs on there. So, again, it's all over the map, mm-hmm. really. Um, a previous guest that I had on the podcast, mm. Haley, um, she said that someone had told her that genre is a marketing tool, which... Genre defines the s- style of music. Mm-hmm. Like, not genre so much, but kind of, like, now, in a sense, like, labeling almost becomes... Branding. Like, the use, but... Yeah, exactly. Branding, branding yeah. Because um, genre, the word genre just means style or type Mm -hmm. you know it's it's the style of music Mm -hmm. so yeah I think branding is more about your uh, your image um, having all the same fonts for your name Mm -hmm. and stuff like that right Mm -hmm, of course yeah I think that she had just kind of found when she was trying to figure out her kind of like development as an artist Mm. she was feeling she was having a hard time you know even for something of like say like where your music sits in like itunes or something she was like oh i don't she couldn't it was a bit of a struggle of like it felt too like boxed in i guess there's so much stuff getting cranked out out there like just do your thing and get it mm -hmm. out there yeah 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 you've studied i read in music, obviously, you just said that you studied 
you know, traditional African music in Ghana, but you've studied like a multitude of different styles. Yeah, I have a degree. Yeah. I studied uh, composition with Owen Underhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had to write for orchestral instrument groupings. Oh, so I have a bunch of instrumental chamber works. And, um, yeah. I think that's amazing. It's so... I know people go, oh, cool. there's Sandy. She's the singer. No. <laughs> you know, they don't seem to realize yeah. that. It still is a bit of a guy's game. Mm-hmm. For sure. I hate to say it, but, you know... It is. Yeah, definitely. I think especially, too, you know, like in pop culture entertainment, you see, like, you know, there's so many women, but then I think you see, like, the person, like, behind them, and it's so male-dominated on both sides. But one thing that has been really nice with this podcast, um, from the beginning, it was really important to me that we have, like, a diverse range of guests yes you know like just people from kind of like all walks of life all mm-hmm. backgrounds men and women mm-hmm. everything um and when i was like doing this i was very very aware and kind of even not i guess very aware when it was first happening like i knew at the back of my mind this was always something that was really important it wasn't really until i was like writing out like goals for the podcast that i was like yep yeah, this is like something that i need to have on here but that wasn't until we had lined up like the first like five episodes or six guests and already and they were mostly just from Victoria. But it was cool to see that. I don't know if this is just like a very Victoria thing or like West Coast because we do live in a weird bubble over here. Um, where go to Montreal, are, go to Quebec. Yeah, I a weird bubble. Yeah, but um, it was cool. Like we had like such like a night, like we had so many like powerhouse women. Oh, cool. That we've been able to meet. Yeah, like label owners and managers and oh, stuff. Nice. And I was like, this is great yeah this is really great yeah um but again this is like still at like the indie level in victoria and so you know hopefully we see sooner rather than later women starting to take some roles in these like larger labels and like bigger managers and things as well because i think that's where the glass ceiling still In the process of making this album now, um, I had talked a little bit about how the music landscapes kind of change and there's been such a big push to digital. How have you found that in terms of the production process? Has that changed things or has it changed the way that you are thinking? The business has changed because it's gone from having a physical CD to digital. You you touched on that briefly. Um, I would say the music business has changed but the whole idea of making music hasn't changed you know you still have to do what you do mm-hmm. um yeah is it are you finding you know like i guess like the post to be like the post creation process of like marketing and stuff to be do you have to take a pretty different strategy to that now or is it kind of similar um uh, well everything's about social media now And throughout the 90s and 2000s, I was so screaming busy. I had a full-time manager and a full-time publicist, so I had infrastructure around me, and then I kind of burned out for a few years, and I'm ready to get back at it. And um, But now I don't have the infrastructure, so I'm doing it all myself. But um, everything's about social media. It never used to be like that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you finding that you like doing it by yourself? 
Oh, better? well, you know what? Or is it just like, night and day different? You hear young artists that are emerging and they're like, well, I got to get a manager. I got to, you know, mm-hmm. do and all it does is create a different set of problems, mm-hmm. right? Like there's pros and cons to everything mm-hmm. in life. So on one hand, it's great to have a manager, but you got to pay them. They want to get paid for all their out-of-pocket stuff, anything to do with your career. They spend money. You better pay them back. Yeah, <laughs> They want to get paid back, right? And same thing with publicist. And suddenly, like when you're doing everything, you, you have all the information right there. So suddenly now things are coming through somebody else. So uh, I've had problems in the past where the manager wasn't readily accessible. I'm on a gig in another place. I need to know something and I can't get a hold of them. You know, like it's it's just different problems and you got to pay them. So they got their fingers in your pie, right? Mm-hmm. So when you don't have them, it's more work, but you don't have to pay them. It depends on where you're at in your career. If you're really, really busy, then you need them because you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just really a lot of circumstances that are involved mm-hmm. determining, you know, what's what. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Yeah, it sounds like it's just like, yeah, like you said, <laughs> different set of problems. Different set of problems, right? It's not the answer to your... You think it's the answer to your problem, but yeah. then you go along and you go, oh, well, I never had to deal with this before. Yeah, answer to some problems <laughs> creates other ones, I guess. When it kind of, oh, this is something I guess I'm more curious about because you have a degree in music yes. um, and whether this is something that has, like, shifted this at all, but... um. When it comes to making music and projects and things like that, kind of, what's your process like? Like, do you begin kind of with lyrical content or kind of? I don't have a process, so I'm sorry I can't answer you. Um, Sometimes I have a lyric idea, sometimes I have a music idea, Um, sometimes I collaborate. Uh, I don't have, there's no. Okay, now I do this. Yeah. There's no ritual. I think that that's I'm, what I was interested in. Yeah, in there's no, of, okay, yeah. I've done this. Now I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I have a song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like that. Like for me anyway, it's it's very haphazard. Mm-hmm. That's why I was wondering about um. But that's your me, formal right? education. I, yeah, I don't different. know with, with other people. Yeah, I have education. That just means when I get stuck musically, then I go, okay, well, I'm in this key. I can modulate to that key or I can put this um, substitution chord in or I can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the beauty. Like people that are haven't studied their craft are really nervous oh if I learn my craft it's going to kill my creativity when in fact what it does is it dismantles the myth it flings the big cement doors open where it's not like having your eyes closed and you grappling you know grasping in the dark for something it's like you got your eyes wide open you know exactly you've got a bigger toolbox is what it amounts to mm-hmm. So all you people listening that are afraid to go to school and learn your craft, that's, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because I feel like that is an attitude that 
you know, can happen. And I think almost too... I think, like, we have maybe, like, society has created this, like, culture of, like, artists maybe being, Mm -hmm. like, you know, these, like, they have this, like, incredible, like, divine inspiration or things like that. But that, obviously, uh, some things can't be learned, some levels of creativity, but I think... You can learn. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think sometimes that people maybe, they a lot of this just come from upbringing and just kind of like how you've been through life but like are like oh well like I'm not creative I can't be like a musician or something like that but a lot of things can be learned to a degree right we're taught as a Cree woman I'm taught that the creator gives every single person gifts mm-hmm. we're all talented and I found from my own experience I tend to excel at the things that come the easiest to me. And when I was younger, that would have been singing and all that stuff. But I dismissed it because I thought, no, it's got to be something hard that I have to work towards, I have to work for. And so it took me a little while to realize, no, those things that come easiest, those are my talents, right? And talents can be empathy, Communication, um, it, they can be all kinds of things, not just singing or drawing a picture, mm-hmm. you know. But we all have gifts, mm-hmm. each single person on the planet. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's hard. I th- agree with what you're saying too about how you know you're like it must be like there must be something harder than this that is like is the thing you're supposed to chase yeah but yeah so if you take those things that you're the easiest and apply yourself there's lots to learn Mm -hmm. you know and you'll get better at it yeah of course it's also like learning is endless yeah, you know, exactly. Like it's you like can't. The sky. Yeah, it's just isn't gonna stop. Yeah. I mean, especially with something like music. Like, there's a billion different genres and like cultures yeah. to draw from and backgrounds, and yeah. you could like it's the endless. Yeah. Yeah, it is like the sky. Did you know that you wanted to pursue music professionally, like since you were young, or? Well, I wanted to be an artist, a visual artist. Yeah. It wasn't until I became an adult that I wanted to be a musician. Yeah. And then did you go kind of pursue that yep. from the like the educational standpoint kind of yep. like right I away? To, yeah. Cool. And went then at music college. Okay. That first and then SFU. Yeah, and then I got out and did three albums and, and then yeah. I went Loki. to school and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of in a different direction, I guess. Okay. Um but you compose music for the 2010 Winter Olympics. Like that's oh, God. I do pretty... tons of... Yeah, see, my website is horribly outdated. Okay. I do massive, com- like, a lot of commissions. Okay, cool. So um, that was forever ago. Mm-hmm. I did the sound design for the Murdered and Missing Women's Opera that the Vancouver Opera did with Marie oh, Clements. Wow. It came here. So I do sound design for native artists in theater and dance and film. And then I also do commissions for original music for theater, dance, and film Mm -hmm. um, for other people, right? Mm -hmm. And then I teach. 
and then I perform so that's kind of my ball of wax right there so yeah um, I had to give scores in that to, first it wasn't just given to me right and then uh, and then I freaked out when I realized the brevity of it you know but it turned out okay yeah, you, it was for the opening ceremonies that you worked on. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge event. It was when they brought the, the people in from the four directions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was some... Yeah, I don't remember it traditional super singing. Duper well, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah. This is maybe kind of like a silly question, just because this is something you have done a lot of times, but when you are doing a commission or sound design... Yeah. Like, how? To have a home studio. Yeah, do you have a home studio, but also when you're, like, approached with a project like mm-hmm. that, because it's huge, like, that's massive, what are you given? Is it, like, this is the idea we have, make it happen and come to life, or is it, like, do yeah, they, are there like things that. that, yeah. It's like that. They tell me we're going to have all native people coming from four different directions we're gonna have these glass totem poles we're gonna have they might show me some pictures right for their and and, uh they don't tell me much and so we want you to write this so then i have to go home and i do a little ceremony first i do a smudge and i pray Mm -hmm. you know for my ancestors to come through me and bring Music that's good music that'll impart good stuff to people mm-hmm. and not moan and groan. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Literally pulling sounds out of thin air. Yeah. Well, I sit down at my studio and it's like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I just start doing something and then, and then away we go. Mm-hmm. You know? I think I'm like, I'm personally, it's so in awe of like songwriters and creators in that way because i like i've played the piano my whole life i could play an instrument but i just i don't well i haven't explored it so i'm not i won't say i don't have it but are you even interested exactly i've never like felt like a big need to do this but i'm really i love hearing people talk about it because i think it's so cool oh yeah yeah well, you know maybe someday i'll do yeah when you yeah. have some quiet time and yeah because i was taught also like classical piano right so i'm like reading sheet music i was never kind of taught how to well why don't you try to just sit down without any music and see what happens and doodle mm. and noodle and doodle doodle yeah. is drawing noodle 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 <laughs> is that the term is that the <laughs> professional term for I don't know <laughs> like the piano. goof around yeah see I what know. you come up with yeah I should start because yeah. yeah I'm interested but I'm like cautiously interested if that well do sense. it when you're alone yeah. and then you know you don't have to nobody knows you don't have yeah. to show anybody anything yeah true what has kind of been like a major highlight in your career because I know you've been nominated in one a lot of awards and I don't like that again like success looks really different to everyone to different people. and you know maybe like that's not what someone is chasing for you personally like what has been like a big highlight for you or there have been many yeah many 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 I can't pick one there's just been really a lot 
from getting to do something with somebody really cool to, I don't know, there's just been really a lot of highlights. Mm -hmm. I've been pretty blessed. I read that you also do some mentoring work as well. Um, You know, with like singers and songwriters, with theory, vocal techniques, composition, um, and more. Do you have any advice for someone that's looking for a mentor and kind of how, you know, to kind of, yeah, I guess you have any advice for someone that's looking for a mentor maybe or to make a good like mentor-mentee relationship work? Just be yourself and work. Try to find somebody that you admire them, their work, what they do, or you just admire them. And um, ask them, you know, see if they'll help you out with something. Did you did you have a mentor or do you have a mentor? Well, I've had several people mentor me, yes, mm-hmm. over my career. And that could just be, I remember when my friend Sue Leonard, she sang with Katie Lang for a number of years, and she was getting some calls to go and do some recording sessions as a vocalist and being asked to bring another singer with her, so she'd bring me. So she taught me how to sing on a microphone in the studio, um, how to get a good blend with another singer. Like, I learned a lot from her. So it's just people that excel at what you don't excel at, Mm -hmm. that you want to, you want them to rub off on you, right? So where you can approach people. I mean, we're going to have mentors our whole life if we have that attitude. If we're of the attitude, I'm too old to learn or you can't teach me anything. Or if we have a bad attitude, we're not going to learn anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Just go along. Have open eyes and open heart. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any advice for an aspiring musician? Keep at it. It's a rough road, and keep at it. Like, if you're doing it because you think you're going to get rich and famous, quit now. But if you're doing it because you have a compulsion to create something, then that's all you can hope for. Because it's a rough road being an artist. I don't think it matters what uh, medium you're working in. And uh, just keep don't take no for an answer that's the other thing if you apply for something and they say no and you get all discouraged and you want to quit well you know you gotta just have a good just brush it off and have a good attitude and just keep trying just keep doing it do you like what are some of the projects that you're working on right now like you said or that you can talk about, I guess. Well, the big one is working on the record and trying to finish it. It's called Red Earth, and it's using a piece of art by a woman named Janice Toulouse. And it's the piece that she, her piece is called Healing the Earth. So, I mean, I just picked it and talked to her about using it. and have to pay her, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, before I knew that it was called Healing the Earth. And it's got a lot of reds and orange and beautiful colors in it and um, I have a few guests on it Tantu Cardinal is speaking some Cree off the top of one song 
Um, uh, Don Pemberton's on it. Uh, oh, I can't think of all the guests, but there's there's a lot of guests on it, and there's my guys, and yeah, I'm excited. Do you have a release date for it yet? It'll be out August. Cool. Yeah. Sandy, kind of where can people find you and the work that you're you've done and that you're working on? Yeah. Well, I'm on Twitter, just Sandy at Sandy Schofield. Um, Instagram at Sandy Schofield. I'm trying to get a YouTube channel together because I'm not very good on doing this stuff. So I've got a couple of friends that are helping me. Um, and my email is sandy at sandyscofield.com. Piece of cake. So that's how people can get a hold of me. And if they want to buy my stuff, it's on iTunes. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And thanks again, Sandy, for coming onto the podcast. I've also linked to the show notes for this episode in the description, so check those out for photos, links, and other media on the topics we discussed during the episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. They really do help. And of course, if you have any topics that you'd like me to bring up with one of our next guests, please either email me at offkey at membran.net or send me a message at either membranlabs or Lingsa Arnold on Instagram. Offkey and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, aka Membran Labs, a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We're also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membran Labs, you can find out more information on our website, www.membranlabs.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back next week with Tristan Thompson, aka Diamond Cafe. During the episode's introduction and throughout the outro, you've heard DNA by Sandy Schofield, and I will play you out now with Sandy's song, Hummingbirds, which was written for Colton Bushi and Tina Fontaine, two Indigenous youth who were murdered in 2016 and 2014. In both cases, the white men charged with their murders were acquitted by the juries and ultimately got off. Tobacco, some fatina too. There's still a bridge in the city, trembling on the land. Hearts are sad, full of pity. Time to take a stand. Hey, little brother, hey, little sister, now you're flying free.
Stanley's free instead. Hey, little brother, hey, little sister, now.